There was a big queer event in Miami, which is like by far my favorite event of the year. It's called Wigwood. Wigwood? Uh, yeah, like W I G W O O D. Okay. Because we have a place in Miami called Wynwood, W Y N Wood. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a big queer festival, um, kind of like Bushwig for Bushwick in uh, New York. Okay. And um, I'm guessing there are wigs involved. Yeah, and it's um, it's mostly organized by um, this one wonderful performer down here named Queef Latina. <laughs> I know, I know, such a good name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And um, so I was at this event earlier in February, and I swear to God, I had the most wonderful time of my life uh especially on the second day i got to meet like this fantastic like queer disco performers that i love uh named satine i had like i was out and about in like a jacket and a jock strap it was very very fun looks so as i'm walking to my car that night um which my mother later was like you could have been arrested for public indecency and i'm like no i couldn't have it was a festival it's like everybody was dressed in like nothing but whatever um, that's besides the point. So I was walking to my car and we passed a straight people bar while the straight people were staring at us like, what are these people doing? So the car behind me has a ticket for not paying for parking. I have been there for 12 hours straight and I did not pay for parking. I do not have a ticket for parking. My friend who is about three cars ahead of me has a ticket for not paying for parking and a ticket for having expired tags. I realize a few days later, I also had expired tags. So I apparently managed to avoid double the tickets while everyone around me had tickets on their car. I have no idea what kind of black magic I apparently did. They knew not to the fuck avoid. with you. They have to be, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> like, who doesn't ticket me two tickets when I'm that fucked? What cop was like, no parking, I'm not no going to fuck tags. this kid. It's like, thank you, police officer, whoever you are out there who did not ticket me for like <laughs> for both expired tags and not paying for parking and probably public indecency as well with my ass out and about. That's because they were out indiscriminately killing. Oh, exactly. God, those police officers. Um, Yeah. <laughs> God, that's actually, it's like, it's like. I don't know how to make light of that because it's kind of just the sad, miserable truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like talking about this movie is actually going to be kind of miserable now that I think about it. (laughs) Police officers, what's with them? Welcome to episode 34 of Stuck in the Middle with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film and see on what side of the consensus they fall on. My name is Derek Godang, and the luckiest some bitch in South Florida, it would seem, is uh, Juan Barquin. Say hi, Juan. Yeah, for real. <laughs> hi, hi, me. So, uh, we got a movie to talk about, and it's really good. Yeah, it actually is. Uh, it's yeah. my, probably of the four films that I've seen this weekend, it is probably my second favorite, actually. Yeah, to part the curtain a little bit, we are recording the last two episodes, this episode, and the next episode, all in the same afternoon, because I finally fucking managed to get one to record them. <laughs> Yes, we did. I'm very proud. Actually, no, I lied. It's not my second favorite. It's probably my third favorite. Um, but Oh, yeah. Because well, you... yeah, I actually liked most of what we saw this week. <laughs> I actually was kind of like, except for this, which is by far and away my favorite. I think that we had kind of a, kind of a, I had kind of a middling time with 
with uh, the movies that we have in this little run that we have. But let's talk about that in due time. What movie did we watch, Juan? We watched Maniac Cop. That's right. From 1988, directed by William Lustig and written by Larry Cohen. Hot diggity dog. Yeah, Larry Cohen is an important name and kind of the... Uh, like, you know, he's part of the New York Schlock Hall of Fame, right? You've got Q the Winged Serpent. You've got It's Alive. You've got The Stuff. You've got... <laughs> yeah. I love that The Stuff sounds like, like, literally, do you just not being able to pull up a proper no, reference no, no, point, no, but, not... like, it actually is. It's got... like, I... <laughs> it's just really amusing to me how that sounds when you said it like that. You've got God Told Me To. Uh, Larry Cohen, known for writing these kind of schlocky b-movies that do a lot of smuggling of social issues in them and this is no exception not in the slightest so one i mean i feel like the title maniac cop does that job very very well but i'm still gonna need you to tell me what maniac cop is about what's well, like i was actually surprised at like how layered this movie was yeah um, right <laughs> it's like i was just kind of expecting like oh it's just gonna be some fucking piece of shit like murdering people but like except like some kind of monstrosity version of a piece of shit murdering people but like it's actually like it's a lot of cheap thrills obviously but like it takes it takes its sweet time introducing this plot yeah it's um, kind of a it's it's kind of a slow burn neo noir thriller like, almost yeah for like the first half hour it's definitely like a big slow burn and then like all of a sudden it's just like we're going to go off the deep end and I'm all here for it um but it is essentially about a killer who is dressed in a police uniform who begins murdering like random innocent people on the streets of new york and on the second half of it is like this like really chill neo-noir crime drama about like police officers trying to investigate other police officers and trying to figure out like who this killer is and it actually balances these two things very well mm. Yeah, it's this is one of the great unsung films of the 1980s, like up there with stuff like The Hidden, which is kind of schlocky, but also smuggles a lot of real cool shit inside. Yeah, which I still haven't seen, but I've heard good things. That's about. a great movie, and I know that Ross, uh, our friend Ross Burks, agrees that this is a great film. Uh, Maniac Cop has a murderer's row of character actors. Yes. It has uh, Tom Adkins. The uh, resplendently mustachioed Tom Atkins as Lieutenant Frank McRae. Mm-hmm. Kind of playing the sort of no bullshit, kind of like hard-nosed uh, detective type. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, your favorite and mine, Bruce Campbell. God bless that man. Young Bruce Campbell. This is, he, he looks very, uh, very, very bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in this movie. He's uh, so handsome in this. As our wronged man. Uh, we have uh, Shaft himself, Richard Roundtree, in a bit part. Less. We have William Smith, who is another great character actor, who shows up for a bit part. But, and most importantly, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Robert Zadar, as the titular maniac cop. Yes. Robert Zadar has this distinct look because he has cherubism. So he has this ridiculous jawline. And basically made a career out of just playing these... He was a big guy and he had a unique face, so he made a career out of playing these, like, heavies, right? Yeah, and this man certainly has a unique face in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly... Uh, there was certainly work done on it, in a way. 
Because guess what the plot twist is, folks? That killer who's dressed in a police uniform, he was dead. <laughs> yeah, this is like... Bum, this, bum, bum. this is not a supernatural film, really. But it's like it's weird how they incorporate supernaturalism in this movie. Actually, it's very, 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 very low key. But I like the idea of like this undead, unfeeling, like lumbering. Um, how the fuck did I write this in my notes? Uh, the, uh, here it is: the maniac cop as a secret avatar for all police, unbreathing, unkillable, fluent only in the language of blunt force. Which like, which is, is such perfect. a good metaphor. It's so good. <laughs> But, it's like incredibly heavy-handed, but like it works in this movie. Oh yeah, it's, like, it's not subtle at all. At all, but like, well, it's like there's one line where like, um, they're all talking about this this dead cop who became this undead cop, and it was like, oh, you know, that guy was all about shoot first and ask questions later. Yeah, real and dirty Harry like, type. Yeah, and then they have like this whole conversation about like violating the rights of the people, mm-hmm. and like they cut to a TV screen where literally it's just like. You know, like, how are we supposed to trust police officers? I don't blah, trust blah, blah, the cops. Blah, blah. When and I I'm see like, a cop, I cross the street. And I'm like, this movie was made in 1988. I'm yep. like, this is so, like, this is uncomfortably timely. It's super but that's timely. Also, yeah. But, I mean, it's like, will cops violating the rights of the people ever be untimely? Nope. Exactly. Not in our current system. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. Hooray for police Misery. brutality. Oh, that is so depressing. Uh, um, anyway, moving along from like the miserable <laughs> text, I want to like go right at the top because this kind of is the kind of schlocky, problematic, interesting, layered mode this film works in. The film starts with a waitress walking home from presumably work and getting uh getting getting accosted by two hoodlums, right? Yeah. For their, her money. And, like, mind you, she, like, handles it very well. Yeah, beats the shit out of him with her purse. It's kind like, of impressive. she literally would have escaped had it not been for the fact that, like, Maniac Cop showed up and murdered her. Yeah, yeah. So she runs, so she looks for a police officer, and it turns out to be Maniac Cop, and she gets, like, her neck snapped in twain. Yeah. So, and then the two hoodlums get arrested for her murder. Which, okay, so I would love to... It's like, this this is a very deceptively layered piece of critiquing. Yes. Okay, so let's discuss this because I love, I love, love, love this scene because it literally... One, it shows her as relatively self-sufficient. Uh-huh. Two, it quite literally is... It's like, when you run to the cops, you are likely to be in worse shape mm-hmm. than you are if someone on the street mugs you. Yes, Which sir. is like... Like, how is that the opening to your scene right after the credits? It's the perfect of like setup. A cop? And then the two dudes, they get arrested. They get ex- arrested in like extravagant fashion. They get thrown onto yeah. a fence. Like, excessive force is used. And presumably with no proof, because this At is all. the next morning. At all. It's uh, the only proof that there was was a man saw two hoodlums, you know, attacking a woman and trying to mug her and that was it there was just one witness from afar and mm. he never saw what they did to her nope. except for attempted robbery uh you know you know there's a bad dudes you know those are bad dudes but it's like attempted robbery is not murder <laughs> attempted robbery is not murder also 
the next scene is in the the coroner's office and uh, tom adkins is like there's no fucking way two kids did this to a woman yeah why do we why have we arrested them what the fuck is wrong with you guys I do love that, like, he's such a good voice of concern and, like, reason throughout the film. It works really well. Like, this is in the first ten minutes of the film. It is so naughty and layered. It's like, this has no business being this good. It's like, in a movie with this many cheap thrills and schlockiness, it's like, no, that's... I'm shocked. I want to point out that for cheap thrills, I mean, we go from this really kind of nuanced portrait in the beginning to... The second kill at the stoplight, which climaxes with, okay, so maniac cop lures someone out of their car, like the driver of a car, fucking slashes his throat, throws him onto a windshield, and then the lady, the lady who's in the car, who was in the car with the guy, Speeds accidentally the fuck off. No, no, no! Accidentally flips on the wipers, <laughs> wiping the blood onto the windshield. And then you cut to the reverse shot and you see her face and there's like a light with like a red gel on it all over her face. And then she speeds the fuck off. And we got to say, and I got to say this right off the top, the stunts in this movie are so fucking good. They really are. There is some gnarly shit that they do in this movie. No, like... We'll get to the gnarlier stuff, but... Oh... And apparently Maniac, Maniac Cop 2 is even more gnarly. Oh, is that's it like, really? That's like the stunt... That's like the one that's known for its wild stunts. Well, so I'm so... Like, I think it was... um, It's... it's Someone wanted to remake this. I think it's... What, it's Nicholas Wendon Refn, isn't it? He was going to produce, and the director was going to be John Hyams. He of uh, the uh, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Oh, see, that actually does sound like it would be a good... I think that's a, a good, good pairing. No, if it was just Nicholas Wendon Refn, I'd be like, no, I don't want to see his version of this, but like... He's producing, John Himes is directing. Yeah, no, okay, see, that sounds... Say, that would be a very interesting concept to me. I also just think, like, why not re-release this movie? It's like, it's good it's... enough to just watch again. It's good enough to just watch again. This was a, this was a summer release in 1988. It made... It made nothing it made it didn't even make not it didn't even make back its budget i'm not surprised and i don't think i mean it's obviously not like well like critically acclaimed or anything it's like but it kind of like kind of should be you know how we're saying that the well i was saying that the like the gay stuff and the nazi stuff and the producers did not age well Mm -hmm. the cop stuff in this movie has aged really really well yes yes it has I obviously some of the other stuff hasn't aged perfectly, no, like no. the supernatural stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, but it's still really, really good. This movie cost about a million dollars to make, and it made six hundred and seventy thousand dollars in the box oh, office. So um, now this was like an independent production, didn't make yeah. its money back. But I think th- this is a cult film now. It has a following. Of course. Uh, one of the things I will say, I was. I was a little worried about and hesitant about it at first, but I thought, you know, like with the initial death, I was like, oh, you know, like, well, maybe it's like not going to do well with women because a lot of movies from this time period don't do well with women. But Yeah, like, slasher movies have that like sort of that little stink on them. But like I was so surprised at how much I liked all of the women in this movie. They were all actually like pretty cool and kind of interesting. Yeah, like, good it, characters, except for maybe Bruce Campbell's wife, wife yeah. which is not a great character. It's not a good look. 
at all. So in the movie, Maniac Cop is like being helped along by this woman who is well and alive and was like sort of into him when he was alive. Mm -hmm. And um, played by Shereen North. Yeah. Who is great in this? She's really good. She's really good good at this. Like everyone is so good in this. Yeah, and then there's the other cop, the uh, cop yeah. that Bruce Campbell hooks up with, played by the plays a hooker. And I was so worried that would go horribly wrong. Yeah, the the vice but squad. Like, she works on the vice squad. Yeah, she's and so good too. It's really good. She gets actual characterization. Yep. I was like, oh, they're just gonna make like a joke about like like a cop who's playing a hooker and she's gonna get killed, and it's like, no, nope. She becomes like she becomes a, a core force. part of this investigation. Yes, and it, I will say something that I do think is so well done about this movie is how it changes characters' perspectives. Like it shifts from person to person, and it has like there's a no... deep cast in this movie. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of shit yeah. going on. It's an ensemble piece, and oh, it yeah. works well. I just like to point out real quick that the uh, that the name of the mayor in this film is Killiam. K i l l i u m. That's beautiful. Uh man. So good. So good. Um Oh my god, that's like I it's like <laughs> I just want to keep emphasizing how good it is. I just like to take this second to point out that we all love Bruce Campbell, right? Obviously. It sucks that he wasn't born in like the born like much earlier because this guy would have been a fucking mega star in the 40s and 50s. He really would have He w- he would have like... been like a Titanic star. What's like I just think that look and like, that voice and he's willing to take a beating for a role. Well, no, I think Bruce Campbell would do well no matter what age he was born. I think he would have been a great silent star because he has such an expression full face. Yeah, he's got he's got like the he's got the wide uh forehead, he's got the 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 eyes, he's got the, like the cut jaw. It's yeah, he's great. He would have done great in the sound era because uh-huh. he has a voice. It's like he could have made it through every single phase of Hollywood filmmaking and like gotten gotten through it. Uh uh, he's so talented. It's so good. Yeah. So the movie as it progresses and as we've discussed with regards to the supernatural things, it kind of introduces this thread more or less out of nowhere. Uh yeah. like it's really awkward. But I think my favorite thing is like the fact that everyone within this universe is like, this is totally plausible. Oh, it's definitely. totally okay that like, yeah, there's some kind of supernatural thing going on with its cop, and like, sure, why not? And like, people just accept it. Like nobody, like there's a little bit of questioning of it, but not enough. Yeah, I mean, they 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 go to like the coroner. They they grill him about how he wasn't actually dead, was he? And it's kind of it's kind of cheesy, but it works. Because it yeah. doesn't really matter that there's this, like, sort of hulking brute force because the metaphor is so fucking good. It's so rock solid. I'm actually it kind is. of surprised that there wasn't, like, a slew of, like, zombie cop movies afterwards. There were two other Maniac Cop movies after this, but that it didn't become, like, its own thing. I'd be so curious to watch the others and see if, like, that metaphor maintains within those films or if they just kind of turn into, like, generic trashy slashers kind of slashers i don't yeah. know i'm not sure i definitely want to see maniac cop 2 aka like the, the the fucking stunt reel movie yeah i'd be totally down for that i do i will say like obviously some of the some of the kills are a little like silly and ridiculous and like mm-hmm. very 
you know, very of its time. But, like, some of the stunt work, I think, like, the cars were so well done, you know, um, the last, the climactic scene. Climactic scene. Where Campbell is hanging off the edge of the van and it crashes into the river. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, Shockingly, like, impressive. It's one of those things where, like, the movie obviously treats itself as a franchise film immediately and does that thing at the end of every horror movie where, like, the hand comes out of the water and, oh, and it's like, okay, sure, why not? Uh, But, like, it's like, I could have done without that. I could have just done with, like, the cops dead. Yeah, well, you know, you you gotta leave them wanting, right? Yeah, and also I guess it also is attributable to the fact that um, you know, this undead cop cannot be stopped ever. because police brutality cannot be exactly. stopped. Exactly. Even when you shoot down police brutality, it'll always come back. Yeah, cuz 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 the maniac to- the cop takes shells in this movie. A lot of shells. Oh my god, yes. It's like one of like one of the most ridiculous bits is like everyone like every other person in the room has like a shotgun and then boom boom. It's like the humans are getting knocked the fuck down. There's a scene in the alley where it's it's Lorene Landon, Bruce Campbell, and Tom Atkins all unloading just lead into this guy's torso and nothing. Nothing. And that's where know. they realize what they're reckoning with. Exactly. It's so well done. So good. Um Can we talk about the phantasmagorical shower scene? When oh we're getting when we're yes. getting the sort of backstory on, on can Maniac you please Cop? describe it? I would love. I want like a full description of this moment. Okay, so it's, it's <laughs> it it opens on a shower, a steamy uh, shower enclosure in a prison, and we get a nice shot of Robert Zadar's ass. Yep, <laughs> and then it kind of goes into an Eastern Promises thing. Yep, where Robert Zadar is fighting toughs in in the buff. And it's like a weirdly gruesome. It's kind of it's it's gruesome and balletic and soft focus and it's really weird. It's this kind of mashing of tones. Yeah. And but <laughs> I find it especially fascinating that like they decided to go through this full backstory for this character. Mm-hmm. It like it is completely unnecessary, but it is fascinating to watch. Yeah, it is entirely gratuitous but entirely fascinating as well. Yeah. And so he kind of like starts flipping these dudes and deposing of them, but then the toughs get the best of them and stab him to death and slash his face. Boom. But he's not dead. Exactly. Because cinema is good. Because cinema is good. <laughs> <laughs> like they say that he should, like the coroner said, oh, there was like faint signs of life. Yeah. And that he couldn't in good conscience like like autopsy him on account that he was still alive and so this is where um the Sh- uh, sherry north character comes in she kind of she's kind of the the the, the mrs bates of the situation if you will mm-hmm. and then uh shaft comes back and william smith shows up and uh they're like okay so now we got we gotta take him down they, they don't believe him because oh a fucking ghost is killing people fuck you man so <laughs> and then so it's it's our three it's our three main people Fighting not only the police, but also the maniac cop. Yes. Again, stuck between a rock and a hard place, but this time it's done well, unlike in Venom. Yeah, yeah. From a month yeah. ago. Um, I like that you deliberately referenced it being a month ago, because that's where it would be in relation to this episode being released. <laughs> Thank you, I try. 
I'm a good, I'm a good, I'm a professional. You're uh, a professional. <laughs> but um, I will. There's so many good like simple shots in this movie. That yeah, there's are really... a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of little uh little grace notes. I don't yeah, know. If, so I don't like... know if the entire sequence in the shower is a grace note, but there's <laughs> there's there's a lot of flair in this movie. One of my favorite shots, and it's just like because again, like Bruce Campbell is just really good at physical comedy. Yes, he but it's is. like. It's like a two-second shot of just, like, someone looking out a window and seeing, like, five or six different cops sprinting towards Bruce Campbell and Bruce Campbell kind of trying to poorly attempt to dodge it and then all of them kind of dogpiling him mm. against yeah. the wall. And it's like, one, there's so many things that are, like, like one, that's a really good commentary on, like, police excessive, excessive force. force yeah. <laughs> two, it's just a really funny shot. And like it's done through like a window, and it like it's good. It's so good. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's like that one shot that keeps staying in my mind for some godforsaken reason. I don't know. I really enjoyed this movie. I didn't take that many notes because I was like genuinely just kind of. He's kind of invested in it. Yeah, and I do think it's like <laughs> it's like anytime we don't disagree, I feel like we kind of like roll through all the things we love. Uh, yeah. I, oh wait. Oh wait, the one thing I will bring up is <laughs> um I think like Lustig has kind of a like a fetish for like slow zooms on objects. Okay. <laughs> it's like All right. there were like there were at least like five I counted where I was just like, okay, like this slow doom zo- like this like slow push in does not need to be here at <laughs> all. But like it's kinda cute. Uh I'm really into it. <laughs> It's like it was. I think one of the most notable ones was just this like dramatic flare onto Bruce Campbell's wife when she's getting these phone calls mm-hmm. to implicate him in like the deaths of yeah yeah other it's like, people. It's like, how's it feel to be fucking the maniac cop or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, it's like it's like you know, here's a dirty phone call. Except it's not a dirty phone call. It's just telling you your husband's murdering a murderer, people. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like the most ridiculous plot point in the world, but like it works. Eh, yeah, I still can't get over uh, that. The, the last like twenty minutes of the film is like just like high octane action filmmaking. It's yeah, really good. Yeah, the only thing I'm not great, I'm not wild about is like the is like the 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 stock psycho wife character, mm-hmm. which I feel is like a failure of writing, especially when you have these two other uh, female roles, which are actually pretty well developed given the circumstances yeah no it was kind of a disappointment to see them unfold like that yeah i mean that like this movie fundamentally is this like because the that that character is only an inciting incident she like she exists to be killed you know yeah quite literally so so. it's like meh but i mean that's like one thing there's a lot to like in this movie yeah there absolutely is and also this is really close to god's running time this is 85 minutes, so don't cost you oh, too I much know. to watch. I was so happy. Um, so yeah, I think we can... I honestly... Like, I hate saying, like, this is gonna be a short one, but, like, I think we can just move on to to, to, to Fresh and Rotten. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna... I just like to read, like, the reception portion of the Wikipedia page. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the film was mostly panned by critics at the time of its release. Variety called it a disappointing thriller that wastes an oddball premise. Karen James of New York Times called it an amateurish film with stiff acting and dialogue. Chris Willman of the New York Times wrote that the film quickly becomes an uninteresting Friday the 13th clone. I mean, it's not not a Friday the 13th. I mean, sure. 
knockoff, but like it's more layered. Um, Time Out London criticized the film as formulaic and said that it might have been better had writer producer Cohen directed it himself. This may be true. Maybe, but uh, I don't know. It would have had. I, mean, I think Lustig did a good job. He did a good job, but I think there would have been more like sort of authentic NYC grime. If, okay, fair. Yeah. If Cohen would have had his hands on it a bit more. I don't disagree. And uh, Richard Harrington of the Washington Post called it uh, called the script undernourished and obvious. I I mean it's not wrong about <laughs> it being obvious, but like like here's the thing: the more contemporary reviews are more are more positive. Oh, I'm sure. AV Club B minus a goofy film that was always meant to inhabit the shelves of independent video rental store. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell said of the film that it was not a good movie when viewed in hindsight, but it initially struck him as perfectly legit. I think Bruce Campbell should rewatch this movie. Yeah, I think Bruce Campbell definitely needs to rewatch this movie. It is perfectly legit still today. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you're right. When we both like a thing and we kind of both like sort of effusively praise a thing, we just kind of go through everything we liked and we end up having like a, a 27 minute episode. <laughs> Which, like, I'm okay with. I like short episodes sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so I guess this is going to be one of them. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, so Final Judgment's time. Juan, what did you think of Maniac Cup? Fresh. I'm pretty sure I've said, like, it's so good a thousand times throughout this episode. So, yeah, that's how you know I really liked it. Yeah, th- I, this was actually a rewatch for me. I really like this movie. It is real trashy but real layered. It has kind of like that, a, kind of a neo noir grime on it. It's 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 a great movie. It's one of those like yeah, it's it's definitely unheralded, and definitely I so. give it a fresh. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we both agree on that one. Yeah, I do think it's genuinely, genuinely a very good movie. So 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 so. What about recommendations? Recommendations. This was my pick. So Juan, you're welcome to do. Uh, you're welcome to do the honors. So, since Derek wouldn't let me have the 2012 remake of Maniac, which is another film William Lustig directed, I am going to pick a... Yeah, to, be, to, be, to be clear, he did not direct the remake. No, he did not. Um, but it's such a good remake. It's, it's a good movie. It's a great original. movie. That was the first uh, thing Michelle wrote for us, I think, on Dim the House Lights. I think so. And it's like, oh, it's so good. Um... So I'm going to pick a different 1988 horror movie, uh-huh. which is one of my favorite movies of all time, probably. Uh-huh. Uh, and my favorite movie by this director, whose name is David Cronenberg. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and I like to think it ties nicely into um, into one of our upcoming episodes because it's, it's sort of erotic. Um, <laughs> I think that's the yeah. only thing they have in common. <laughs> well, it's like Jeremy Irons worked with adrian line as well sure sure but i can come up with a billion i can do seven degrees of everyone just drop the movie it is david cronenberg's dead ringers which is a great movie it's an amazing movie it's it's arguably my favorite david cronenberg movie it's so good it's so delicious it's like uh it's 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 about like a two successful gynecologists who are both played by Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Both played by Jeremy Irons, identical twins. And it's just like sex and madness and body horror and just lots of reds and whites. And yeah, blues. that's like the classy Cronenberg movie, right? I mean, I think all of them are kind of classy. Like, this is especially them. classy. 
Yes, this is one of his classics. In his like in his like eighties period where he's like sort of flirting with Hollywood a bit. I think yeah. this is like the classy one. And also, like my favorite thing about this movie is how he uses the song in the still of the night. Like oh. it's like it's just a normal ass movie not directed by David Cronenberg. That was like the most unsettling thing to me about that movie. <laughs> well it's also like yes, he's flirting with Hollywood, but it also manages to be one of his most like uncomfortably deranged movies about like the duality of people and it's, it's like... so warm though it's probably his warmest movie oh yeah for sure oh but it's so good it's and very it's, like good. a movie full of cold objects though cold objects kind of... but it's yeah yeah it's yeah. it's 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 good it's very good. no it's it's one of my favorite favorite movies of all time period um but yeah so that's, that's a good my pick. recommendation that's a great pick yeah um, I don't want to go. I don't want to go the obvious route to like Evil Dead Two or some shit, even though it's like one of my favorite movies. But <laughs> I'm going to recommend like a fun movie, like something in the same spirit as Maniac Cop. I'm going to recommend Night of the Creeps, a 1986 nice. film starring uh, Tom Adkins as <laughs> another cop. Nice. Um, yeah, this is just kind of a. a, a this is like uh, I think I referred to this as the perfect three and a half star movie, where it's okay. like kind of fun and light and. It has a lot of like fucking goofy jokes that you would love, mm-hmm. and it's like this perfect this perfect mixing of like eighties teen comedy, eighties sex comedy, like zombie movie throwback, also like all these strains of like teen movies coming together in this kind of B movie throwback. Mm-hmm. It's based it's it's like an alien invaders slasher type thing. It was directed and written by Fred Decker, who you might know as uh, as the guy who also did Monster Squad. Okay. And uh, you know he's done some shit. It's like he's done some stuff on Star Trek Enterprise. He uh, he wrote and directed um, RoboCop Three. <laughs> nice. So he's got. He's, <laughs> and uh, you know who co-wrote that? Who? Frank Miller. Oh God. Yeah. That sounds miserable. Yeah, Frank Miller and Fred Decker's RoboCop 3. That sounds miserable. But we're not recommending RoboCop 3. We are recommending uh we're recommending Night of the Creeps. It's a fun it's a fun sleepover movie. Like if I could go back in time and I could uh give like a VHS copy of this to my like my 12-year-old self. It would be a fun time. Like yeah. pair it together with something like Fright Night. Like, oh, the original yeah. Fright Night. Well, I don't love the original Fright Night that much. I think it's pretty decent. It's okay. Are you a big fan of the remake? I actually am. I actually <laughs> really like the remake. I'm one of those people. That's uh, with David Tennant, am I right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Night of the Creeps, get on it. Fun stuff. Yeah. So cool. one, we've got another show to do today. Last and one. The last one of the day. And uh, so it's your pick. And what movie are we doing? So the next movie we're doing, because I have an absolute adoration of Diane Lane and everything she good does. Good actress. Oh, she's so good. I just watched Under the Tuscan Sun for the first time this month, or last month, um, which, like, you would have thought I'd watch that sooner, considering it's literally a film made, like, for all of my tastes. A 2003 American romantic comedy drama film with uh, Diane Lane, Sandra Oh, and Lindsay Duncan. Yes. Sandra O's gay in it, number one. Number two, Diane Lane is a woman dealing with finding herself in, you know, under the Tuscan sun. It's great. I love it. It's beautiful. It's such a good movie. Um, From the writer but... of George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that is not the movie that we are watching, though, because it is well-reviewed. We are watching Adrian Lyne's Unfaithful, starring Unfaithful. Lane and Richard Gere. Richard Gere. We will be shifting gears, if you will, into an erotic thriller. Uh, it's not... Uh, okay, whatever. We'll discuss this <laughs> next week. But it's not really a thriller. Yeah, it's not super It's an erotic drama. Uh, yeah, I guess... With so, elements I, of thrillers. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's erotic enough, and I guess it's a drama. So okay, well, well, save it for for, for save two it weeks for like, from today. I'll save it for a little later, but yeah, okay, five minutes from now. Yeah, five minutes from now, I gotta do the plugs. So Juan and I run a website called Dim the House Lights. You can find it at dimthehouselights.com. There you can find all manner of uh, film-related writing by us and by our crack team of film writers, uh, Michelle Arf, Chris Mello, and Ross Burtz. Uh, you can find Juan's work at the Miami New Times, both online and in print, but mostly online. You can find my work at my portfolio blog, MontrealSchlockCity.com. That's MontrealSchlockCity.com. Uh, you can find Juan and I on Twitter and Letterboxd. I'm at both places at Derek underscore G, and Juan is at both places at Whoa, it's Juanito. That's W-O-A-H, it's Juanito, all one word. Do we have anything else to plug? No, sir. All right. Yeah, I guess that's it. So Juan will be, we'll go right into the next one. But uh, listeners, we will see you in two weeks. See ya.